Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> Hello there. So pleased to see you've returned to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we have got quite an amazing item indeed. If you'll take a look over here, I've uh, prepared this. I've laid out the nice velvet cloth because this book is quite old. Quite old and from someplace far, far away. If you look through these notes very, very gently, uh, as a matter of fact, let me put on these gloves and I'll do the flipping of the pages for you uh, as not to corrupt the integrity of these old pieces of parchment. Uh, if you flip through these pages, you'll see that they are notes, uh, scientific equations, and the like. And I've had some of my research staff here at Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop look into this, and these are, in fact, notes that delve into the science of cloning. Now, if you'll notice, these pages are quite old and a bit singed. It almost looks as if some sort of fire, maybe even laser fire, if you will, has, has damaged some of the edges, but this uh, relic is still quite intact. And this relic is at the heart of our episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at Season 2 of Disney Plus, The Bad Batch. So The Bad Batch is one of those animated series on Disney Plus, uh, Star Wars animated series that I've I've just loved. Uh, of course, I'm a huge fan of Dave Filoni. He's a Pittsburgh boy, so you can't go wrong there. But I loved his work with uh, the Clone Wars series with star wars rebels and you know when they introduced the bad batch team in the clone wars i thought oh this is interesting you know they're they're very unique characters for the clones i mean the clones are all uh you know they're clones they're all replications uh, of one another and throughout the clone wars series they try to give uh some of the the more featured clones uh different personalities and different names and even in some slightly different looks but with the Bad Batch, you really got individualized characters that were clones, uh, genetically modified to enhance particular traits, and this made them even more individualized uh, than, than you would get with normal clones from the, the Clone Wars series. So automatically right there, you knew what Disney was planning. You knew what Dave Filoni was planning. You knew that this team was going to get a spin-off series eventually and they did and and season one was really uh, an interesting spin-off because it took you right from the events of order 66 and this team kind of going on the run for defying order 66 the involvement with the female clone omega and and just uh it was a fun story uh, i thought there was a lot of potential to be tapped and i think they started diving into some of that potential uh with star wars storytelling and universe building with the second season of the bad batch so from here on out i am going to warn you there are going to be spoilers because i can't talk about this with really out talking about it although i'm not going to go into each episode 
and explain what happens in each episode. We're going to talk about some of the characters and what they've got going on, some of the guest characters we see and guest voice actors that we see, uh, some of the main overarching story plots and where our team finds themselves within that but i'm not going to go into too much detail so if you do want to continue on you're going to have bigger picture things spoiled for you but i'm not going to tell you what happens in each individual episode so you're still going to be able to enjoy the show i think even though you may know but like i said if you don't want spoils then go watch bad badge season two all the episodes are out now the last two episodes just released uh, this late last week on Disney+. Plus, So go check it out and then come back and listen. Or if you don't care, or if you've already watched it and you just want to hear my take on it, then we're going to continue on with The Bad Batch Season 2. Now, like with The Bad Batch Season 1, uh, a lot of episodes that you get in this are are standalone episodes that may have some element of the bigger story that they're trying to tell, but but you do have a lot of essentially like fetch quest episodes where the Rhea Perlman Sid character sends the team out on a mission to, to get some treasure and bring it back. And of course, uh, chaos ensues and they find themselves in a bit of a bind and have to get out of it and then eventually either come back with the item in question or they come back empty-handed. Uh, the one thing I thought was interesting about the Sid characters, they finally started paying off that this is not a good character. And then when you finally get that betrayal in that last or second to last, one of the last two episodes, I, I thought it was it was a long time coming. I, I wasn't a big fan of the Sid character. Uh, Rio Perlman, her voice is too distinct. Uh, for my liking and it the the voice she did for this felt more like a caricature and that's one of the things I've had a problem with the series that they have on Disney plus for Star Wars especially things like Kenobi or the book of Boba Fett you had too many guest stars that made an appearance and did zany voiced characters and it just uh, it, it felt too much like Hey kids, it's TV and films Kamel Nanjiani. It didn't feel like a Star Wars character. It felt like a cameo of an actor playing some zany voice that uh, makes them stand out. And I, I just, I, I don't like that. I don't think it really worked with the Sid character having Rhea Perlman uh, voice her. It felt very cartoonish, of course, but it just didn't work for me as a Star Wars character. Now, they actually kind of pulled it off with the fee character uh voiced by wanda sykes which at first i was like oh christ here we go uh, another celebrity cameo and they're gonna do a very recognizable voice and it's just gonna be kind of over the top and and so everybody knows that this is wanda sykes playing the fee character and and the first time we're introduced to her maybe the first couple times it really felt like that but then as they're phasing out the sid character and putting the fee character more front and center as a an ally with the Bad Batch team, the character becomes interesting. And Wanda Sykes' performance becomes less, hey, I'm Wanda Sykes doing a voice, and more of her becoming this character, which I, I think it worked there better than the Rhea Perlman voice for the Sid character. But the big story in this, the big overarching story that we get throughout this, kind of delves into territory that 
The Mandalorian season three, or actually the Mandalorian all three seasons have delved into, and that is the Empire's fascination with cloning. And in this case, it's the Emperor. In the Mandalorian's case, uh, we don't, you know, they don't know it's the Emperor at the time because at that time you think the Emperor is gone. Of course, we find out thanks to uh, Rise of Skywalker that the Emperor is still around. So, uh, I like how they're trying to connect some dots. And that's that's one of the things I've enjoyed a lot about the Bad Batch series is that's kind of helping connect some dots that you didn't really get with the prequel trilogy and starting to make things make more sense. And, you know, there are a lot of things I didn't like about the prequel trilogy. But when you get a little more context with some of the things Dave Filoni's done with the Clone Wars series, with Bad Batch, even with Rebels, uh, you get, like I said, a little more connective tissue. You get a little more context. You get a little more reason why things happened the way they happened. And it makes me, you know, there are a lot of things wrong with the prequel series. I thought too much CG, too much green screen work, too much Jar Jar Binks, but it had a lot of good things. And this series and the things that Dave Filoni is doing with this series, and like I said, with the Clone Wars, is just helping make the good things about the prequel trilogy. It enhances them. But they're delving a lot into cloning, and they've got the Dr. Hemlock character, who has this uh, secret base on this place i believe it's mount tantus and nobody knows where it's at and they're they're trying to find out and when we get a lot of scenes with uh imprisoned kaminoan uh nala say of course she as we saw in the the first season was very close with the omega character we get his relationship with the the empire and and what they've got going on there's a really cool uh meeting like a big summit at Grand Moff Tarkin's location, his his base on Eriadu, which is something I, I don't think anybody's ever really seen. It's been talked about, and you've probably read it about in probably some of the, the comics and some of the, the other extended, expanded material books and whatnot, but it's not a, a location we've ever, we've ever really seen, so we finally get to see it here. But I thought this whole scene at Eriadu with, with Grand Moff Tarkin and some of the other Imperials, and I thought it was really cool, the Orson Krennic character uh, played by Ben Mendelsohn who we saw him in the Rogue One movie he was the big bad guy in that you see an animated version of him and I, and Ben Mendelsohn actually playing him and I thought that was really cool to to have that character show up in this but you see even even some of the empire really kind of wary about what is going on with this Dr. Hemlock because he is he's experimenting with clones and uh, one of the big themes of this series and this season has been the treatment of the clone veterans. And I think in the bigger picture of things, I think it's more an allegory for how we treat our veterans and how we kind of just cast them off after they've done their service to our country and, and for our country. And, and they really delve into those aspects of of life that we can relate to here in the real world. They delve into that with this, but in, in this world, they're taking these clones, these decommissioned clone troopers who are still technically not viewed as individuals. They're viewed as property. So you're delving into other areas there as well, but they're, they're using these clones, uh, deciding to use them as uh, guinea pigs for these experiments that this Dr. Hemlock is using. And one of the clones that they end up, Dr. Hemlock, having in his possession is former Bad Batch member Crosshair, 
who has been kind of a uh, an embattled uh, character for the past couple seasons. Of course, he went bad, and now they're they're slowly working on I think a redemption arc for this character Crosshair, which which I really like that they're doing it very slow, very incrementally. Uh, they're not rushing it. it. It feels very real. It feels like a very real change in this character, and I don't know as if we'll see that come to fruition in season three or not but there's something that happens later we'll talk about that leads me to believe that uh, we may see crosshair at least start to make that redemption arc come to fruition now as far as our our main characters the bad batch uh you don't get a whole lot i mean they're they're in all the episodes for the most part uh, you don't get a lot of new character development with the hunter character. You know, he's just the the leader, and and you really didn't get a whole lot with him as far as his character. No big story arc for him, uh, which is kind of disappointing because I really do like the character. He's kind of that leader that feels the weight and the pressure of the world on their shoulders and is strong enough to carry it. Uh, speaking of strength, wrecker, uh, you don't get a whole lot of character development with him. Uh, I think with this season, you got a lot more with Omega. You got a lot more with Tech. And like I said, uh, they didn't have a ton of episodes with him in it. But uh, Crosshair, you got to see his character develop and his story advance a little. The one I thought was really interesting was the Tech character. Because, well, you know what? I'm going to save that. I'm going to save him for last because there's a big thing that goes down with him. But oh, we'll, we'll go with Omega then. Omega, she starts out as a, a young kid who's kind of taken in by this Bad Batch team. And she is out of her element. She's not a warrior, and they are. And the first season, they spend trying to, to teach her the ropes once they finally look at her as part of the team and teach her the ropes. In this season, she's a little more adept at at fighting and survival and, you know, kind of sneaking around and being a, a fully functioning member of the team. She's still learning. She's still growing. She's quite young. You get some of that youthful rebellion and this that youthful obstinance and that youthful, uh, I know you want me to do this, but I think I know better, so I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. And it, it kind of blows up in her face sometimes, and sometimes it is the right thing. But she is proving herself in this story to be a, a very vital member of this team and a vital warrior uh, as a part of this team. So that was really interesting to see this character develop that way. You get a lot with her with the Echo character leaving to go off with Rex and, and do, you know, more clone things, you know, secret clone espionage things. Uh, you deal with her facing the loss of that, uh, loss of this this character that she was very close with. There's more loss coming for her that, that she has to deal with as well. Uh, we may see a little more of that in season three. And then you get that big reveal at the end when she is captured by Dr. Hemlock and his team. And she is taken to this Mount Tantus research facility. And she meets a like a scientist there, Emery Cars. He's a chief scientist. And it's revealed that she is also a female clone. Of course, she's played by uh, Kesha Castle Hughes. And she, even though they didn't do a really thick New Zealand accent, you could 
tell she had a New Zealand accent, this character, uh, Emery Carr. You could tell she had a little bit of a New Zealand accent. And anybody who has a New Zealand accent on Bad Batch or Clone Wars is a clone. So it really, to me, wasn't a big surprise. But that was a big reveal that, yes, there is another female clone. And she refers to... Uh, Omega as her sister so it'll be interesting to see where they go with that because she you could tell there was something about this car character uh, when they're running experiments on crosshair and she she seems hesitant she wants him to comply and it, it feels like it's not because she's you know wants him to do whatever the empire commands but she doesn't want to see uh, a brother essentially hurt. So there's some some confliction with this character, I think, that we're going to see in the future. And she may not be as solidarity with the Empire as, as it's kind of made out in this second season. So I, I'll be interested to see what they do with this character and the relationship that she has with, with Omega and Crosshair as we see that whole situation play out because they leave it leave it right there crosshair and omega are both captured by dr hemlock and in this mount tantus facility to be experimented on now the one character that i found quite interesting was the tech character and, and not necessarily one of my favorite characters you know he's the smart guy he's the brainy guy he does all the technical stuff and and he does a lot of that in this but they had a really interesting character arc with him and fee uh they go to fee's home planet and the village where she lives and they're kind of welcomed in there the bad batch team are and fee starts flirting she's always called him brown eyes and it starts to become very flirtatious and he's kind of like the nerdy poindexter you know tech type and he it just makes him uncomfortable because he's not I, i'm assuming not used to women paying him much attention and that whole kind of flirtatious uh, bit from wanda sykes uh, fee character to the tech character it's quite uh, amusing to watch and watch him get uncomfortable and her not playing with him uh, i think there's a, a budding romance uh, that may not be may not be fulfilled because we have that scene and that that final episode and it was such a heart-wrenching scene where uh, Saw Gerrera shows up at this this Ariadu meeting that that Grand Moff Tarkin is having and tries to to blow it up but all goes to, all goes to hell and, and that's a lot you know the the Saw Gerrera character is such a frustrating character because you know that's why in Rogue One when we first meet him I mean we've meet him in in not flashbacks, but in, in previous iterations through all these animated series. But the Saw Gerrera that we meet in Rogue One is considered a terrorist because he does terroristic things in the name of, of freedom, in the name of the rebellion, and is not afraid to let innocent people suffer to get what he wants. The ends definitely justify the means with this character, and that's what's happened here, is that he, he doesn't care that the Bad Batch team are trying to to rescue their their friend he just wants to to hurt the empire and and it all goes to hell like sagrera plans usually do and the the team is trying to escape on these rail cars that hang high above the the planet floor and tech ends up having to sacrifice himself to save the team he kind of disappears into this falls into this cloudy mist and we don't know anything all we know is that Dr. Hemlock throws Hunter Tech's goggles. They're all kind of busted up, and they said that's 
all they could recover from him. So we're led to believe that Tech has died. He sacrificed himself for the team. And it's, it's very hard. I mean, the, the scene was very emotional. Even knowing what I, what I think I know, it, it was still an emotional scene. And I really love how they did it. The direction, the acting, the animation all worked well for that. Uh, the music all worked well to, to make that sacrifice work. But it's, it's the same thing that you get with any other movie or TV show. Unless you see a body, unless you see them literally killed and dead, they're not dead. So I have a feeling in season three, it's going to be kind of like a Star Trek search for Spock. It's going to be the search for tech. He'll show back up, but I think uh, we're going to get a, a little bit of a crosshair reunion with the team, integrate him back in before we eventually get tech back with the group and have the the whole Bad Batch team back together. So ultimately, this was a really fun season. A fun season. It's been a fun series. If you're a Star Wars fan, uh, I don't know how you can't like this. There, there's some people out there that just are, are born to bitch about Star Wars and whatever Disney's doing. And, and granted, they have a lot of reasoning for doing the things they do that I don't always agree with. And they do certain things that, that I don't always agree with as far as stories go. Uh, but then you have people like Dave Filoni and you have people like John Favreau that that are really trying to put quality stuff out there uh quality star wars universe stuff and and i i think you know you got to you got to just sit back and enjoy the fucking ride you know when i was 8 9 10 11 12 whatever i would have killed to have all the star wars content that we have right now uh, granted there's some of it that is better than others and you know what you, you're gonna have that with any any sort of series or any sort of franchise but just enjoy the good while you've got it because someday it may not be here someday somebody might pull the plug and and we don't have any uh, any more star wars spin-off series or any more star wars movies uh so quit bitching and and enjoy it while you can that's not to say that everything you have to say everything is good and every show and every movie is is fantastic and perfect the way it is but the stuff that's not bad the stuff that they're doing that is you know, it's pretty good. You know, you got to cut up some fucking slack. So that's, you know, that's that's my soapbox. I'll step off that. But but I really enjoyed season two of The Bad Batch. I've enjoyed the series so far. I enjoy where they're going with it. They're going into some interesting territory. Cloning, they're doing that, which they're doing on The Mandalorian, but it's a different era uh, than The Mandalorian. So it's I, I think it's, it's all kind of a connect the dots. There's what happened with... Uh, Attack of the Clones in the prequel series. You've got what's going on with Clone Wars, what's going on with Bad Batch. It's all going to connect to what's going on with The Mandalorian, which is going to connect to what happens in in Rise of Skywalker in in some form or fashion. It's all going to be connective tissue that I think is going to help make the series as a whole make more sense and maybe maybe retrofit a little here and there who knows who knows but uh, but i enjoyed it i enjoyed what dave filoni's done with this the writing has been fantastic uh the direction the animation is all really good the voice actors are so spectacular i mes- mentioned some of the some of the guest actors that they've had the wanda sykes rhea perlman uh, ben mendelson all the classic clone wars era actors that have done palpatine and grand moff tarkin and you have to tip your hat especially to the two main voice actors for this. Uh, the main one essentially is D. Bradley Baker, who voices all the Bad Batch, voices all the clones, done it for Clone Wars, did it for Bad Batch, and just does a fantastic job, especially with these these Bad Batch characters making them all sound the same but different. 
which I really enjoy. And then uh, Michelle Ang as Omega. I think she does a really good job with the innocence. Uh, I think she does a really good job with the building of confidence. Uh, she does a good job with the emotion. And uh, it's a fun character that uh, I really enjoy her vocalization uh, of the Omega character. And I said, D. Bradley Baker is just a fantastic voice actor for for just what he does with the Clone Wars Bad Batch stuff. You could you could hang your career on that, but he's he's got such a a great uh, catalog of of fantastic voice work out there. So two amazing voice actors that really bring this show to life and make you care about these animated characters. So another season of Bad Batch in the books. Really looking forward to seeing what we're going to get when Bad Batch season three comes about. Uh, when we're going to see season three coming about and uh, where they're going to take this story because you know this show is a lot of fun. There's a lot of lightheartedness in there. There's a lot of comedy. It's not like joke setup and then joke punchline comedy. It is very much in the moment comedy looks and and things like that. Little uh, throwaway lines that are just said a certain way that that are kind of funny. And there's a lot of lightheartedness in this. But then there is a lot of action. There is a lot of mystery and intrigue. There is a lot of emotion and, and a lot of good Star Wars fun that Damn it, that's it's a it's a glorious time we're living in for for a kid that grew up watching the original Star Wars series when all three of them came out and, and just begging for for more Star Wars content for years until we got uh, the prequel series. This is a fun time for me, and hopefully you're enjoying it as much as I am and enjoying the Bad Batch season two. Uh, another fantastic job by Dave Filoni and the gang. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Bad Batch season two. You can check out more at Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop's Facebook. We're always posting trailers to movies and series. We're always sharing articles from all over the internet and adding my two cents as to what's going on in the world of horror, fantasy, and science fiction. No matter what you're listening to this podcast on, whatever platform, please follow it, subscribe to it, like it, whatever you've got to do, whatever they call it on your particular platform, uh, please do that and stay on top of what's going on with the podcast, all the new episodes. Please download the episodes, share them with anyone you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. And please, uh, if anything, please leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. That helps these platforms realize that people like this, people are listening to it, and maybe we should expose it uh, to new people. And that helps spread the word about what we're doing. So I want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha.